The Shalene Show is brought to you by the Courageous Confidence Club. Confidence is a strength that can be built and strengthened just like any muscle. You just have to do the right exercises. Your success, your likability, your influence are all determined by your confidence. It's the number one factor in determining your professional success, your happiness in relationships, and your ability to raise self-sufficient children. To feel more confident in social settings, this program is changing lives. I hope you'll check it out. Please visit our website at CourageousConfidenceClub.com. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. What's up? I'm so happy you guys are here. Seriously, it makes me, well, it makes me beam. I'm doing a lot of podcasting. So much podcasting. And I know why, because it makes me happy. I talked about this in a couple of episodes, how, you know, happiness is when you're, it's not money. It's not things. It's feeling important. It's feeling connected to other people. It's living according to your priorities. It's doing the work that you know has purpose behind it. And so I just want to let you know, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that you give me this opportunity. Just knowing you're here listening, the messages that you leave me, the love notes, that's what I call them. When you write me a review on iTunes, you guys, seriously, I start every show. This is my, my new go-to is I start my recording just before I hit record. I go to iTunes and I read reviews. Now that's kind of a scary thing because you're, you're looking for criticism. I mean, I could be right, but I don't read the negative ones. I just, it pumps me up. It makes me feel purpose. It makes me know I'm connecting with you. So let's start this off by sharing with you my two favorite iTunes reviews of the day. This review comes from Megan Rathbone. She says, I seriously recommend this podcast to everyone I know, especially all of my customers and coaches. I share her links daily. And I mean, really, where else can you find this much life and business information for free? Shalene is like the voice in your head telling you what to do just before you figure it out yourself. LOL. I love that. And she explains how to do it. I love this podcast, not because she just gives great advice, but she gives you the steps and tells you how to do it with the best advice possible. She's like your best friend and a mentor at the same time. Thanks, Shalene. I've learned more from following you over the last three years than I did in my entire college education. You rock. That's so awesome. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that, Megan. Okay, one more. Doc Larson says, Shalene, I just want to let you know how much I love your podcast. I listen to it religiously. It helps me get motivated in my business, in my home life, in my fitness, and in my health. I love all the different guests that you have on. You are real and I love it. Also, I'm from the Midwest, so I love that about you as well. I never really listened to podcasts much before this one and I'm addicted. That's so cool. I This is what I do. Like, you know, some people jump rope. Some people look at motivational photos. Some people listen to music before they pump themselves up. When I'm going to do a podcast, I am reminded of my purpose by reading your reviews. I read them every day. They are a gift. Thank you. Today, I wanted to talk to you about exercise. One of the top questions I get every day is, what is the perfect exercise? Like, should I be doing cardio? Should I be doing weights? Should I be doing HIIT training or Tabata? Should I be doing long endurance cardio? You know, should I be doing Pilates or yoga? I heard that cycling gives you big thighs. I heard that this type of workout gives you this. And everyone's always looking for the quickest, the best, the ultimate workout, right? Like 
finally, this is it. This is the one that everyone is getting incredible shape from. And you know who, who really perpetuates this stuff? Celebrities. Because we see their bodies. We idolize their bodies. And we shouldn't, A, because we're not seeing reality. Nine times out of 10, we are looking at Photoshopped, um, highly produced, highly edited, even even on film. Half of that stuff is is also, in effect, uh, Photoshopped. Not that it's Photoshopped, but it definitely has effects and filters. And more importantly than that is we're often seeing basically someone's highlight reel. So when you're comparing yourself to a celebrity, I mean, you're not seeing them at their worst. You're seeing them at their best when they're on a cover and they knew they were going to be on that cover or they're at the Emmys or the Grammys or the MTV Awards and they didn't eat for weeks or months or whatever. Who cares what their bodies look like? Who cares what they're doing? It's, it has nothing to do with happiness in life and fitness. Fitness is, it's about feeling whole. Exercise is a piece of that. I want to talk to you today about the ultimate, in my opinion, the ultimate workout. And is there one? You bet. But most people look at exercise as this thing that's like a punishment or something they have to do. Or it's like, it's that thing that allows them to maintain their weight or to lose weight. But it's, it's not something most people do because they love it. Yet I know there's some of you who are listening to this and you're like, well, Shaleen, I love it. Awesome. You, everyone is going to love this podcast because those of you who love exercise because of the way it makes you feel, I'm going to help you help some people in your life who aren't there yet. And for those of you who perhaps don't love exercise, it's tolerable. You know you should do it. You admit that you feel better after you do it, but you don't love it. When I say it's time to exercise, like that doesn't like, you know, make you feel all excited and giddy inside. You're like, okay, I guess I need to do that. Whatever the case may be, I want you to experience something more profound than enjoying exercise. I want you to experience love. My goal today is to help you define what it is you're looking for in a soulmate. Now, I want you to tap into what gives you joy, what makes you feel alive, and then and then you're going to narrow down your search. Together, through a series of simple questions I'm going to ask you today, you're going to understand that we can find an exercise program, a form of movement, a form of activity. It doesn't even have to be an exercise program. I, I mean, I almost want you to take that word out of your vocabulary for today. I just want you to know that we together can find a form of movement of activity that is so well suited for you that you are going to feel addicted. The type of addiction that has you begging for more, thinking about it, pining for it, talking about it endlessly. You'll go from thinking that exercise is tolerable or even slightly enjoyable to actually feeling like you're in love. Now, do you know what it feels like to feel like you're in love? Even that puppy love, remember the first time you had like a massive crush? Maybe it was on a celebrity. Maybe it was on a boy in your home period or some girl that lived on your block. But do you remember what that felt like? Like it was exciting. You actually would pass time just daydreaming about what it would be like if you were together. And then, let's just say perhaps you did get together and And someone passed you a note and that note said, Steve wants to know if you will go with him. 
check one, yes or no, and there were two boxes, and you had to look at that piece of notebook paper and decide which box you were going to check. But you had already made that decision because you were already, in your mind, you had already fallen in love with Steve or whomever that was, fill in the blank. And remember what that felt like? And then do you remember the first time you, forget about puppy love, but your first true love? I mean, that person who you couldn't stop thinking about them. And every time you were around them, you got butterflies in your stomach and you just, as foolish as it was, you thought you would live the rest of your life together with this person who is now in a maximum security prison. Just kidding. But you know what I'm talking about, that like crazy lunatic love feeling where you just can't imagine life without them and you just... Even though you're, you know, not that close to your parents, you couldn't help but talk about this person and, and you couldn't help but tell everyone how awesome they were and you couldn't wait to be back together with them. Think about what that felt like for a moment. Just sit in it for a second. You remember that. It was so exciting. It was so fun. And you felt alive and you couldn't wait for the next day. You couldn't wait to see them again. You're excited about whatever outfit you were picking out. You were excited about whatever you were doing and where you were going because you were always thinking about this person. It might surprise you to know this, but you can feel that same way about activity, exercise, movement. So why is this? Well, that's because when we exercise, we release dopamine. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter. It's a molecule that neurons release and they kind of talk to each other. And that is synthesized. This is like so technical, but it's, it's synthesized in the brain. And what it does is it produces or secretes dopamine in certain regions of your brain. Now, I know you're familiar with that term, dopamine. And the other place where you often hear dopamine is where people are talking about feelings of feeling in love or drug addiction. Because when an addict is craving and taking their drug, it releases dopamine. And that's why drugs can sometimes become addictive. That's sometimes why they say people can become addicted to love. And it is also why some people take exercise to the extreme and become addicted to it. What I want you to recognize is that there is a way to tap into this feeling where you crave movement. And that movement can counter a negative mental state, meaning like when you're in a bad mood, when you feel down on yourself, when it feels like nothing's going right and your whole day, you're just like angry because like nothing is working out the way you had planned. Wouldn't it be great if you could just take a drug and that would all go away and that drug was legal and that drug made you look better and that drug was free and that drug was something you craved and you looked forward to and it was readily available. What if you could do that? Yeah, well, you can. It's exercise. But you have to feel that way about exercise or movement. I want, I want you to think of this as movement because what we're talking about here is activity and exercise. And exercise doesn't have to be a program. It can just be movement that makes you feel better. What we do know about exercise is that it for sure reduces stress and depression. Now, that's not why most people exercise, but I can tell you that's why I exercise. I'm not shooting to be in some, you know, fitness competition. I'm not trying to look fantastic in my bikini. I'm just not. Like for me, that's just never been a goal. The reason why I exercise, the reason why I crave it, the reason why I'm in love with it is because it helps me to feel normal. It helps me to stay creative. 
and excited and alive and to feel good about myself and to reduce my stress. It's how I sleep better. It's how I cope with things. And I think once you start to think that way about exercise, you'll fall in love with it. Unfortunately, you might have had a really negative early childhood experience centered around exercise. I heard so many stories in just the last couple of weeks when we were doing those episodes on body image. So many people called my speak pipe and talked about their experience with exercise. In fact, let me play you this one from Chip Hoffa. And by the way, Chip, I love you and you are, you are a beautiful soul. Thank you for your vulnerability in this message. Jalene, hey, it's Chip Hoffa. I've been following your podcast this week on body image and I just wanted to share my personal experience with you and how I hope to be able to continue to overcome it. Um, as a kid growing up, I was very overweight. If it wasn't processed, I wouldn't eat it. Um, my mom was just a firm believer in good old-fashioned cooking, and God love my parents, but they, they never encouraged me to play sports or be active, and I didn't actually step foot in a gym until I was probably 19 years old. And I was overwhelmed with feelings of being judged by others. I was overwhelmed with insecurities and I just I just didn't like who I was and I felt like on the inside I knew who I wanted to be, but on the outside I just couldn't be because there was a lot of self-doubt and fear of people saying or thinking negative things about me. So I, I just kind of kept to myself and really closed up and the experience for me was in high school that really stood out in my mind and I remember wearing the right clothes and I remember looking the part but just not fitting in and not having friends and not feeling like that I was part of the in crowd and I specifically remember having to go to PE class and my gym class consisted of you were either playing basketball on the court or you were walking around the court watching other people play basketball and I was so just shamed because I felt, I just felt fat, to be honest. I didn't want to change clothes in the locker room. I didn't feel like people seeing me and making fun of me. And there was just so much fear of judgment. And to me, an athlete at that time was someone who played football. It was someone who played basketball. There, there was no such thing as an athlete just because you did insanity or turbo kick. There just wasn't such a thing. And I have not accomplished this yet, but what I really hope to be able to work on personally as a way of paying it forward is instilling fitness in youth. I recently tried to get a partnership with the Boys and Girls Club in Louisville, Kentucky, and was able to install and implement health and fitness programs, including nutrition and group fitness classes for kids ages 8 to 16. And it's been one of my goals to become a presenter or master trainer to be able to travel and host trainings for people, not just to teach these classes, but people to teach classes to people in PE classes, in gyms around the United States to just let kids know that 
it's okay to not want to play tennis, and it's okay to not want to play football, and it's okay to not want to play basketball, but you can still have fun and exercise and move and build confidence just because I know that it was bad when I was in school, and I know that it's only getting worse. There's more bullying, there's more judgment, there's more fear, and there's there's just has to be something that can instill confidence within other kids, and I'm honestly scared to think about how many kids feel the same way that I did when I was in school because I know it's not gotten better. And I just feel like that there has to be a better way of us getting kids to gain confidence, build friendships, create relationships that, that last. I mean, I know that if I had never stepped foot in a group fitness class, I wouldn't have one friend today. All of my friends, my close friends, some of these friends live hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of miles away, and they're my very best friends because we connected through fitness. And it's not because we wanted to have a six-pack, and it's not because we wanted to you know, be have a great definition in our biceps. It's simply because we shared a common interest and that evolved into more and more and more. And I just am not sure how I'm going to accomplish it, but I, I know that I probably won't get rich from helping kids move and be active and gain confidence, but I know that there will be such a feeling of gratification when I'm able to implement something like this into our schools and have that positive impact in others' lives. What I love about Chip's revelation there is that, you know, this is this is how so many of us associated exercises. It was a sport or it was a negative experience or it related to something in our childhood that was painful and embarrassing and that we felt, you know, less than, not as good as, and we felt judged and we felt separated and we didn't belong. And we've carried those ideals about exercise into our adulthood. Chip is a friend of mine and I can tell you he's been able to turn that around and he's helped so many other people learn to love exercise because he's been there. He's been on the other side of it, right? And that's what you have to know is that you can get on the other side of it. And when you have to get through something like that, a big obstacle, a challenge in your life, that's where your purpose is. Your purpose is right in front of you. Actually, your purpose is right behind you. It's that thing that you're getting through. And God put that in your life because he knew you could handle it and you could get through it. And by doing so, you could help other people. And I know that's what Chip is doing. But for so many of you, that was your earliest childhood experience. It was not being as good as your older brother. It was not being as graceful as your older, taller, thinner sister. It was not looking the part of a ballerina and being told that you needed to do something other than dance. It was it was a negative feeling. It was feeling like you were less than or people were staring at you. And that's what we focus on. And, th- and that's where our brains go because our brains are designed to protect us, right? Like your brain's job is to make sure you avoid danger. And if feeling sad is dangerous, then our brain is going to go, uh-oh, you shouldn't exercise because don't forget that was like sad for you. But now we know better. Logically, we know better, right? We know that exercise is a good thing. We know that we enjoy it when we're done, but for whatever reason, it still like feels like a punishment. It feels like something I don't want to do because I I don't want to do it because I've never been good at it. 
You know, I know what that felt like. I do. I want you to do this with me, assuming you're not driving. And if you're driving, then keep your eyes open and play along. But I want everyone to go back in your mind and think about a time when you were younger, probably middle school, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, but about that age, right? And I just want you to think of the very first thing that comes to mind when you were moving. You were being active and you felt alive and it was just a moment of pure joy and it felt so good. And you were moving though. It's the first thing that came to mind. A positive feeling. Like when you just felt like, oh, this, this is yummy. I love what I'm doing right now. I feel alive. And you were moving. That movement. What, what came to mind? So for me, what came to mind, this is funny, but I'm going to be honest, right? Because I told you like the first thing that came to mind. This is so weird. It's almost embarrassing. But the first thing that came to mind to me was practicing a lip sync <laughs> to um, Pat Benatar's um, You Better Run, You Better Hide. That's why I lip sync and I don't sing. But you remember that song by Pat Benatar? You better run, you better Well, we had a talent show at our middle school, and I decided I was going to do a lip sync to that song by Pat Benatar. And I had these black, shiny tights. Oh, my God, I'm having a flashback to, like, a month ago when I did this again as a grown woman at my own Marketing Impact event. Oh, wow. All the pieces are coming together right now. So, anyways, when I'm thinking about this earliest memory of just loving the way I felt when I was moving, I was practicing in these black, shiny tights with a pretend microphone practicing my dance moves that I was going to perform at the talent show, performing Pat Benatar's, I can't even remember the name of the song, performing Pat Benatar. But I I felt like I was her, like I felt like a rock star and it felt so freeing. So what was yours? Like, what was the first thing that came to mind? Because here's what I picked up on, on my own, and hopefully you'll figure the same thing out with yours. Number one, I was not competing with a team I was not being judged by someone else's standards. Like nobody else was, you know, people were playing the drums or, or maybe they were dancing to a, um, a, a ballet or they're playing the piano. It was a talent show, right? So I was just doing, I was just expressing myself in whatever category or whatever way I wanted to for this talent show. So there was no team involved. It was just me. There was music. There was dance. There was a feeling, there was a performance element to it. There was something that made me feel alive and like a performer and there was music and it was expression. And so it's interesting to me, two things. Number one, I have to pick up on the fact that I wasn't part of a team. Like the the first thing that comes to mind wasn't a team sport because that that is a negative to me. So when I'm looking for my soulmate workout, I want to go back to that first feeling of love. And that first feeling I loved when I was being active was doing this lip sync. But when I think about competing, it has a very negative feeling for me. Like I was the only girl. Everybody tried out for the girls basketball team. Yeah, I was the only one that got cut. I mean, I can joke about it now, but that is so embarrassing. That was so embarrassing. And, and I, I really liked the coach. He was also my teacher. So it was, it was kind of humiliating. And he was friends with my parents. And I was just so embarrassed. In every sport that I went out for, I was always just trying not to be the worst. 
Like I ran cross country. And I just remember my goal was not to come in last. It was never to finish top two or three. Like That's silly. My goal was don't be the last. Don't be the last. Don't be the last. And I never did anything long enough athletically to be great at it. I would just do it well enough to make the team and or not be last. But it, I always felt kind of embarrassed because I was never as good or as athletic as all the other people who practiced this one sport. I would just be like, oh, that looks like fun. I'll go out for that. And I was just never good. But I felt like I didn't have to worry about it when I was performing because it was just me. That makes sense. It's why, no offense to those of you who love CrossFit, but th- dude, CrossFit to me sounds like pure punishment. CrossFit to me sounds like freshman girls basketball. Like it's a competition. And there's people standing around and you're going to know how everybody else did compared to you. I don't want any part of that. I don't want any part of like there are these cycling classes where you can go and everyone's hooked up to a heart rate monitor and then everyone's heart rate monitor shows up on a screen. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. I am not going to have that experience again as an adult. Why would I ever put myself back in that position, which in my experience was awful. But now some of you, when I asked you to go through that experience, And to think back on your childhood, to think back on that moment when you loved the way you felt, your memory might be tied to a team. It might be you in an individual sport competing against other individuals. And there was no music and there were no teammates. It was just you against other people in your division. And that's when you felt those powerful endorphins. What I'm asking you to do today is to tap back into that first soulmate, that feeling of love that you felt when you were moving. And now we're going to look for things that seem similar that we could try as an adult. So using my own example, if I was just just getting back into exercise, the worst thing I could possibly do is go take some type of an exercise class where I'm competing with people. That would make me unhappy. That would stir up all of those negative feelings associated with exercise. I just know from those early experiences, I need to do something where it feels like dance, there's loud music, there's almost an element of performance to it. And that's why I created for myself Turbo Kick. I was solving that problem for myself. And because I fell in love with that workout, that allowed me the comfort to know it was possible and then to fall in love with other forms of exercise. You see, if I had try to get back into exercise or find this workout that would help me get in shape. And I, I went towards something that was very competitive first, like maybe um, competitive running or doing marathons or an Ironman or 5Ks or 10Ks. I wouldn't have had a very good experience because it would have brought up all of those negative thoughts that I had from early experiences. However, because I was able to fall back in love by doing something that did, that did bring me happiness, that allowed me to grow and to experience and to feel evidence that movement is good. And that allowed me to experiment with running. But when I first started running, again, I didn't want to do a 5K with somebody else competing with me, or I didn't even want to run with someone else because then I would feel like I had to compete with the person running next to me, right? So I used music and I ran by myself. And I did these little dance moves with my arms. It's kind of embarrassing. You know, like I, I prefer to run at dusk so people can't see me doing this. But I just do these like little, the little teeny tiny hand jives so that if you were driving by, you couldn't probably even tell that I was doing it. 
but it makes me feel like I'm part of the music, right? And that's what I need to feel. If you don't love exercise, it just means you haven't thought about finding your soulmate yet. Think back on what made you love movement. Your soulmate is out there. Finding your soulmate is invaluable because it's part of the process of feeling like fitness is part of your lifelong daily routine. It's not something you have to do. It becomes something that's a treat. It's a way of rewarding yourself. It's a way of saying, I love this body that I'm in. And I I give so much credit to this amazing body because it can do the things that make me feel good. This body can make me feel good. And then we stop hating our bodies because we can't do what others can do or because we don't look like what others look like. We can, we can actually love our bodies because it allows us to feel this way. You will know you have found your true love, your soulmate workout. When you feel like you can do anything while you're doing it, like while you're doing that thing, whether you're lip syncing or running or playing basketball, whatever it is, when you're doing that, you just feel alive. You feel powerful. You feel invincible. When you're doing your soulmate workout, you will be surprised how fast time flies by. You'll know that you've found your soulmate workout when, when you're done, your mind is empty. You feel calm. Whatever you're upset about is, you can't even, you can't even remember what it was now. It awakens your spirit. It gives you energy and creativity and drive. You'll know you have stumbled upon your soulmate workout when people can't shut you up. You just won't stop talking about this workout, whatever it is. And you can make it up, you guys. You can make it up. Your workout can be lip syncing. Like that's a workout. Your workout can be something no one's ever thought of combining together before. It's for you. You need to look forward to your next workout and you will when it's your soulmate. So ask yourself a couple of questions. Figure out what you loved. Did you like being indoor or outdoor? With a group or solo? When you felt your happiest, was it with a team? Or were you an individual sport person? Was it dance? Was it athletic? Was it competitive? Were people watching? Was it non-competitive? Was it high impact? Was it low impact? Was it long distance, short distance? Was there music? Was it silent? Was it a sport? What were you doing the last time you felt young and alive and amazing? Now, I want you to find your soulmate workout. I want to know what yours was. What was your first one? For me, my first truly soulmate workout was Turbo Kick. And I had to create it. It was, it didn't even make sense. It made no sense whatsoever. And people were like, what the heck? Why would you ever combine hip-hop moves with a speed bag and uppercuts and kicks and all this athletic training and sound effects. And it kind of looks like competitive cheer mixed with hip-hop, mixed with martial arts. What is this? I'm like, I created it for me. I'm not worried about what you think about it. I'm not worried about if it makes sense. I don't really care if it's silly. I don't really care what you think about it. I love it. And thankfully, So did several thousands, hundreds of thousands, and eventually millions of people love it too. Because there's just no one size fits all. You can invent your own thing and you can find your own soulmate workout, but set yourself up for success. Do your research. If you think you found something now as an adult that you can go and date, and that's what I call it. So like once you figure out, you know what? 
I think I know what might be, what might give me that same kind of feeling that I felt when I was a kid. And I think it's Zumba or I think it's um, cross country skiing. Yeah, I think that could give me that same kind of feeling. Whatever that is, let me set you up for success right now. Go on YouTube and watch a few classes. Look at what that workout looks like. Check out the way people dress. Get an idea for how intense it is. Figure out where you can start in terms of being a beginner. That way, you don't have a negative experience. A couple years ago, I used that, that same example of uh, cross-country skiing because, because I love now falling in love with new exercises, right? Like I, I love trying new stuff just to see if like, hey, maybe I'll date this type of a workout for a little while and see how that makes me feel. And I was in Park City and I was watching, we just come home from snowboarding and we were staying at um, the Park City Hotel, Hotel Park City, Hotel Park City. And I was looking at my window and there were all these like amazingly fit cross-country skiers. And I thought, I'm going to date that workout tomorrow. I'm going to go do that. I'm crazy fit. I can do that. I'm watching little kids out there. But I really wasn't paying attention to what they were wearing or or really much of anything else. I just thought, oh, I'm fit. I'm going to try it. You know, I've got myself into the, to a point where I kind of enjoy running. It kind of looks a little bit like they're running on a Nordic track. I'm going to go do this. So I rented boots, poles, and, uh, skis, cross country skis. Those of you who are cross country skiers, you're probably laughing already. I showed up like the abominable snow woman, like the state puff marshmallow man. In my giant oversized, because I, I always snowboard in like giant jackets, like men's jackets that go down to my ankles, <laughs> and big giant baggy snowboarding pants. I dress like that because I want to be comfortable, y'all, and I'm always cold, so I put on like 95 layers of clothing. And then, you know, my, my of course, um, helmet and my goggles, and then underneath my helmet is a, like a slouchy hat, and I've got my snowboarding gloves, and I just, you like, you know, it's just like, 50 pounds of gear and I rent my stuff and they're like do you need help I'm like no I got this because I I didn't want to say I was a beginner I didn't want to be a beginner and I got out there on that track and I went thud and I like fell over sideways into a giant snowbank and I was stuck I was like literally stuck in the tracks and then like the whole team of these like professional cross-country skiers are I'm like holding them up like I'm in their track and I'm just like laying there and I'm trying to crawl my way out and I'm so embarrassed and then just like kids are going by me and and other people are just clearly not in very good shape and they're just flying by me and I felt all of those feelings I was back in freshman basketball like I didn't know what to wear I didn't know how to prepare. I was a beginner. I was embarrassed. I was falling over. I didn't want help. I didn't want anyone to notice me. And if I'd just gone on YouTube, I could have at least shown up in like the right outfit. And I'm not saying like the right outfit so that I was cool. Well, kind of the right outfit so that I wasn't drenched in sweat because I was way overdressed. I mean, it's a completely different sport. And then, hello, I realized these people that are flying by me, they're wearing like lycra tights and sweaters and i have like snow pants on and a big giant snow jacket and i look like an idiot with like snow packed up in my goggles now and if i just gone on youtube and watched a few videos i would have had a probably a pretty fun experience and who knows i might have i might have fallen in love with cross-country skiing i'm going to give it a try again
I'll give it a try if you promise me you'll give something new a try this week. But you won't do it the way I did it blindly. You'll do some research. You'll go online. You'll figure out how to dress, where to go, what some of the moves are, what you can expect, how intense a workout is, what to wear, what to bring. You know, just know what's going to happen so you don't set yourself up for failure. Set yourself up for success. Know who it is you're about to date. I would love to hear from you. I want to know from those of you who are willing to go out on a limb and get back into the dating scene and start dating exercise and activity. I want to know what is it that came to you first today? Share that with me when you write your review on iTunes. Go back to iTunes. Let me know how this particular episode may have had an impact on you today. Let me know what you're going to try or maybe what came up when we talked about those early childhood memories. I just want you guys to know that you are amazing, not because of your body, but because of who you are, because you are a beautiful person. And regardless of what it is you want physically, you have to love that your body can do these things for you, whatever it is right now. And maybe it's not much. Maybe just sitting up in bed is a big step right now. Keep a journal and keep making progress and thank your body for what it can do for you today. Thank your body for taking care of you. When, when we speak kindly to ourselves, then our bodies cooperate. It's just kind of crazy how weight loss, when, when that becomes something secondary to just feeling good and honoring your health and taking care of yourself, it is crazy how that just kind of falls into place. It's one of those things you've heard, you hear about this all the time. It's when a couple's been trying to have a baby for like five years and then they're like, we're not going to try anymore. We're just going to love each other. And bam. God gives them a baby. Or you get that phone call from someone who says, we know a young girl who's about to give birth and her baby is going to need amazing parents like the two of you. It's when you stop looking for the perfect mate that someone introduces you to this guy who's like your dream come true. It's when you stop fighting yourself, start loving yourself and just enjoy the journey. Lifers, I love you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to spend this time with you. And until we get a chance to do it again, I hope you know you are the bomb.com.